Welcome to Tough Cookie Podcast, a podcast that celebrates badass women in food. I'm your host, Starlene Wienheisen, owner, designer, and content creator at PickleJarStudios.com. And we are back this week with Amanda Long from Amanda Photographic. This week, Amanda dives into the entrepreneurial side of working with food clients, how to break into the food photography biz, and some really good wisdom for aspiring entrepreneurs. So let's get back into it. Oh, and by the way, this is episode six, and you can find show notes at pickledjarstudios.com slash Podcast. So I want to shift gears a little bit and just, and maybe talk more to that food entrepreneur, um, mm. food photographer, like we were just saying, you know, one tip for them is to make it super easy for, super convenient. for chefs. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you could just talk about a few other things that like people wanting to get into food photography could benefit from, you know, what are, what are some ways that they could start working with restaurants or yeah. maybe even just start with like, how do they, how do they beef up their food photography portfolio? Yeah. Pun intended. <laughs> uh, this podcast is full so of many, so many puns. It's so, so good. Puns. <laughs> food is great for puns. Yeah. It's punny. <laughs> so I actually have a kind of a personal funny thing to say for this. So in Corvallis, where I lived like my entire life, flown with Corvallis, until we moved to Bend uh, a little over a year ago, um, I did not realize how much of my commercial work was that I was able to get like through my existing relationships with people. I, I already knew the owner, or I knew the chef, or I'd met them at the farmer's market, or something. I already had, it was like a warm call. At, right. at worst, yeah. it was a warm call. I saw the in that community. Yes, they for knew so you. long. Yeah, I'd been a photographer for a while before I tried to tackle that. You know, the, the service industry is strong in Corvallis, True. as it is in Bend. Um, yeah, but it was like a warm call at worst, if not like a screaming hot. You have a need, and I can meet that need, and I can do it at your convenience. Yeah, you know, and we already have a rapport and a relationship. And so coming to Bend, I wanted to bring that skill to Bend. Um, there are some restaurants here that I think could greatly benefit from that service, if not from me, then from somebody, but probably yeah. me. <laughs> um, and, you know, and even just kind of like, hey, so-and-so, what do you think? Like, do you think that this restaurant would like be a good match? And they're like, ooh, yeah, totally. You should do that. Like they have no online presence or all their photos are guest photos or they're just like, or the professional ones are very sporadic, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and so I threw out some cold call emails or visits and just by the sound of your voice, I can tell that was crickets. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm like, what? <laughs> How could they not be like banging down my door looking, you know, fighting over me? Yeah. And I realized that that was when I realized that a lot of my, the way that I had gotten my start in that commercial and especially restaurant mm -hmm. world was just through my localness. Yeah. And that was kind of a hard pill to swallow. And um, here they're like, we don't know who you are. We don't know who you are. You're going to make our life inconvenient. 
and difficult and you yeah. want money for that? What? Yeah. You know, or just not realizing that they don't check their email maybe. Yeah. Who knows? True. Or Or it sounded like a form email probably because it was a little bit. Um, <laughs> so instead, working with some of the businesses that I did know, even though it was we were new to each other, and just starting to build from there. So I knew people f- through weddings. All right, let's start there. And now I'll be able to say I work with fill in the blank wedding vendor who also is like a restaurant or baker or caterer. And that gives me some local credibility on that right. end. Yeah. Um, but also, so I would very much like to work with the Drake. They have somebody who does their socials and they do have that daily special. So that kind of frequency might be a bit prohibitive, mm-hmm. like cost prohibitive. Um, but maybe doing like a Friday special leading yeah. in, you know, to the weekend. Well, cause you can daily, do one of yeah. two things. You can say, this is the food we have now, or you can say, this is the type of food you could expect from us on any given day. Right. You can either go concept or specific, but you can't do both. Mm-hmm. At least not in any one post or photo. It'd be interesting too, to approach them and say, what's your least busy day? Maybe it's like right. Wednesday or, right. th- or Tuesday. Right. And then, um, we're going to do this on this day. Let's experiment. We're and try do to this bump and up this day. Yeah, see what happens. And then they might be like, whoa, if you can do that on a Tuesday. What could you do on a Friday? Yeah. <laughs> have to turn those tables right? over, get people to get out. So, um, yeah, so like looking at who you know already, mm-hmm. that's a really great tip. And then yeah. even approaching a restaurant and kind of asking them if they will just experiment with yeah. you. But one thing that I did, because I wanted to kind of do some research, and I was glad that I started on it uh, because it definitely showed me some places that I did not want to work with Mm. that maybe on paper I thought would be a good match, but it's like, whoa, that's not a good match. Um, so I went to the Drake for lunch on like, yeah, like on a Monday and you know, I had my camera with me. I sat in a, at a table that had good light. So I can just kind of sort of be discreet with my like massive pro level camera. (laughs) And you know, waitress came over and told me what their special was. And I didn't know what soul was. Mm-hmm. It's a fish, by the way. It's a white fish. And I was asking all these questions. And I honestly think that maybe somebody thought I was like a food critic. Because mm-hmm. I'm just like asking all these questions. And then I took photos of the food. Um, but I wanted to have something to show them that was theirs. This is what I can do in your restaurant. At this, you know, I was just at this table. I wasn't even like at a studio. You know, it's just during, during lunch or like, and I went early. I went like right at the like early, at 11 or whatever. Yeah. The early part of lunch, I think like 1130, yeah. you know, not be that person who's like one open the door and now I'm in here, but also didn't want to be like at their busiest lunch yeah. point. Um, you know, but they had a really yummy special. It was delicious. Took a photo of it. And then I just posted it being like, I had this at the Drake and it was super yummy and then, like, a couple of weeks later, they saw it. <laughs> but it got a lot of... It, it got a pretty good just response just from, like... Just on your own social Just on media. my own socials, you know, not boosted or anything like that. And and then I did get a chance to talk with their manager. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw that. That was beautiful, you know. And if I wanted to pursue that, we would need to work out a way for that to be convenient and at a good price point and work on like a big picture concept. Right. But I would say, you know, don't go into a, a restaurant wanting 
a job, basically, wanting like a photography or like a freelance gig if you've never eaten there before. Mm, yeah. If you don't, it's unreasonable to expect them to support you if you don't support them. Mm-hmm. It needs to be really mutual. And not saying like, you know, and I've seen other entrepreneurs. There was this gal, I don't, I saw her, her story online where she would come do like your, your chalkboard for lunch. Like chalkboard art. Yeah. Chalkboard of. art. She would yeah. do your chalkboard menu mm-hmm. in exchange for whatever lunch she was writing up on the board. Just, and she had like this like campaign for like a year because she wanted to build her reputation and build some business. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we'll do chalk art for lunch. Nice. And it was great. Yeah. And it, you know, she developed a really good rapport, a strong reputation. She got a chance to practice a lot. Yeah. And she also got a chance to try a lot of different food, mm-hmm. which if you're going to be in food in any capacity. You should be doing. <laughs> you should be eating and trying a lot of different food. Yeah. And between working at Gathering Together Farm and working for some of these restaurants in the Valley, I have tried more food, more different food, food that I never would have tried or ordered just through that. And now I have a much stronger palate. I can describe food a lot better. And that makes me more valuable to that process, to that team. If I'm just a photographer, but I don't know crap about food. Yeah then it seems like it'd be difficult to photograph well something that you have no idea what it is. Exactly. Yeah. Or what's special about it. Mm-hmm. Or maybe what you might want to avoid. Well, I think that, <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, this I has, totally agree. It says octopus in it. Maybe I'll get a few photos of like the little suction cups, but really, maybe I don't want to creep people out and show yeah. a bunch of suction cups. Yeah, because that's really not appetizing. <laughs> For the... um Less fearless, yeah, um, <laughs> might be a turnoff. Mm-hmm. But for the fearless, it'd be like, yeah, suction cups, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best thing you've ever put in your mouth. <laughs> I saw on is it BuzzFeed? They have like the the try guys. Oh yeah, it's like this group of guys, and they, just, you know, they get these basically these challenges, and one was um, Asian food, mm-hmm. and so. They went around these different restaurants, and one of them they had to eat, like, very recently alive octopus. Oh, my God. And by very recently, I mean it was, like, cut up alive and then put on a plate and served to them. So it was still, like, wiggling around and uh, stuff. And the suction cups would get, like, stuck to their tongues or their throat. Uh, and they're like, oh, God. Oh, stuck in my throat? No. <laughs> no. I was just like. Oh, hell no. I was just like, I mean, I like octopus, but I don't know if I'd eat squirming octopus uh-uh. so it was like I, I'm sorry I have a level I have a line there's just a line yeah <laughs> but really now like I used to be a very we'll say like conservative diner and now I will totally try something oh yeah new yeah. I've eaten head cheese I've eaten um bone jello or not bone blood jello mm-hmm uh I know what all kinds of different vegetables are that people are like, what's that? Yeah. You can eat that. And I'm like, you can totally eat that. And it's super good. (laughs) So delicious. So you just have to be, if you want to work with food, you have to be willing to eat. Yes. Which I don't know when I was doing the the weekly specials every Thursday, I pretty much, I would eat breakfast and then I would just start out on my rounds and just eat Eat, and take photos. Eat. 
all day. Yeah. And Thursdays were a good day. Mm-hmm. They were a really good day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's why I've chosen as a designer to focus on food because I love to eat and I feel like it does. Who doesn't bring... love to eat? Yeah. Right. But like, I love to eat all kinds of different things. Yeah. It's not like I stick to like only foods that are orange or whatever, <laughs> but which some people pretty do. limiting really. Yeah. Well, cheese. I mean, all the cheese, <laughs> all the cheese. Not even that many cheese is orange though. True. That much cheese. Cheetos. Cheetos. <laughs> Cheetos and oranges. But, and um, cheddar cheese. That's all I, that's all she eats. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> but I do think that knowing about food has brought a certain level of mm-hmm. knowledge. Like we're, you know, when I talk to a client, we're talking about the same things. Like yeah. they, when they tell me my product is, you know, it's spicy or it's tangy or whatever. Yeah. Um, or they describe the ingredients. Like I'm, I'm right there with them. I totally yeah. get it. Having that vocabulary, if nothing else is it's important so that you can be on the same page mm-hmm. yeah with, with with your client and a chef i prefer to work with chef driven kitchens because the food is going to be beautiful and delicious and in season and in season the tastiest oh it's so good yeah and to them the presentation is part of the way you eat it mhm it will a, a good presentation will direct the person how to eat this right food yeah it's not just going to be like shovel it into your face oh like, that's my way maybe what you want to do but <laughs> yeah but, you but it will lead you in, into a certain yeah like the way the fish is placed on top of the vegetable or yeah. whatever it's going to lead you to taste one thing and then the next thing and then right. the third thing you know and even like the like sauce smears and stuff like the mm-hmm. little dribbles of basil oil or whatever it's not just there to be pretty. It's right. there. It's done that way. That technique has a purpose. Right. And it, so that you get just the right amount of sauce. Yeah. On that bite. I mean, and it is partially visual again, because we eat with our eyes and we are visual mm-hmm. and that food, while it doesn't have to look beautiful to be edible, it doesn't hurt <laughs> at all not for at it all. to be beautiful and yeah. edible. Although sometimes I have seen people be like, Oh, I don't want to touch it. It's so pretty. I was like, I'll touch it. Yeah. I'll get in there. Uh-huh. I'm not too scared. But <laughs> I have seen that with like really elaborate food presentations where they're like, oh, it's so pretty. I don't want to ruin it. And I was like, I am going to destroy that food. <laughs> uh, yeah. After I take a picture. Yeah. <laughs> so what other, do you have any other tips for anybody looking to work with restaurants or get into food? I would say have a strong portfolio, even if it's just, you know, taking yourself out to lunch once a week or every day for or a cooking. month Co- or cooking cook something and take I think it, it would be better, you know, if it was, I mean, you could cook. You probably think, should be a, probably should be a pretty mean cook though. Yeah. I mean, right. If you love to cook, which I say that because I do. So right. for me, that's kind of how I started really is, yeah. is through food blogging, but and, showing a variety. Yeah. And not just like I can photograph a cheeseburger 10 different ways. Being mm-hmm. like, I can photograph lunches. And I mean, soup is super hard to photograph well. So yeah, yeah. But just showing that you are well-versed mm-hmm. and that you don't photograph this, everything the exact same way or from the exact same angle. Right. Just showing that you have a variety of skills and things that you are able to photograph. And 
showing that you've worked in different places or if it's the same place, just that you've worked there for a long time and through a variety of seasons. Um, I think that will really go a long way with most people because it will help. And if you can get some numbers, if you do have like a client and you're trying to expand and get more, um, so if you like can get maybe- some numbers about like, I started working for you on this day. Can you do like a, can you show me how your sales did mm. on the days either, either when I posted, like trying to find a more direct or quantitative yeah. connection um, so that you can show them your like monetary value. Right. Um, or we're slammed every Friday now. Yeah. And we weren't before. That's tough, I think, because they may develop some other reasons why they are suddenly slammed on Friday. Yeah. You know? But yeah, I think that's a really good point, though. If you can say, if you know, I started working with you in May, and can you show me some, like, yeah. can you share with me some numbers? And even if the only numbers that you get are social engagements? Yeah. Like, that's not, okay. I know that's not directly <laughs> correlated to butts and seats or higher tickets, but it's not a bad thing. Right. It's like you're getting more social engagements, you have more likes. People are saying good things about you on the internet. Yeah. And that might drive new customers. Yeah. Because you have high ratings on. Yeah. Yelp. So I want to <laughs> ask your opinion about something too. I have opinions. <laughs> um, I recently wrote a blog post about oh dear. why restaurants need to have a website and not only be on Facebook. Yes. Like not rely only on social media. Yeah. Um, I want your opinion on that. Did you get some hate mail? I didn't get any hate mail. Okay, no. good. <laughs> I think people probably agree with me, yeah. but they just, for whatever reason, aren't, you know, so many restaurants I see, they're only present on Yelp or they're only on Facebook. Bleh. Bleh. And it, it's really, it just is frustrating for, for someone like me that just wants to come in and eat. I can't figure out like what the heck your menu when you is. Open. Yeah. I mean, and even if, you know, your specials are always on Facebook, Right. Um, is that correct? Those get buried and I can't yeah. see them. So, yeah. So what's your take on that? Uh, yes, definitely. Having a web page, even if it's just a homepage with like some basic information, hours click yeah. here to see the thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe like a slideshow of 10 photos mm-hmm. of concept, like big picture food. Like this is what you could expect to see here at any given moment. Um, and it is not hard. You do it's, not. That's so easy to do now. Yeah. It really is. And again, I, I feel like a lot of times when I give my opinion about things, I end up sounding like I'm devaluing a particular industry. And that is never my intention. So I'm just throwing out that disclaimer. I'm not in any way attempting to devalue website designers or web developers in any way. They do magical things that I am not capable of doing. Yeah. Um, but if a restaurant, if the reason they don't have a web page is because of the cost of a custom web page, then that is a, that is a shitty excuse. <laughs> I'm going to say it. Um, there is Squarespace. There is WordPress. WordPress. There's Webly. There's Wix. There is a number yeah. of web hosts that do drag and drop style. Mm-hmm. We, we all know how to drag and drop people. Yeah. My and nephew, if you, he's six. Yeah, he can drag and drop. He can drag and drop. And even if you can't, um, you know, maybe you can't hire a web developer, but someone like me, like a graphic designer, I don't code websites, 
but I have, I manage WordPress websites. You can drag and drop. I can like drag a and drop for you. Yeah. yeah. And it would be far less expensive. So just, and again, not to devalue those people. No, at all. absolutely not. Um, but there are resources out there for you. So many. And, and that goes for like any business. Yeah. If, so in my, in my, um, I have a wedding welcome kit that I send or give to either booked or potential customer, uh, brides and grooms, whatever their booking status is. And in it is a little brochure of preferred vendors, mm-hmm. one per vendor category. So I have like a florist and a baker and a planner and a, not usually, no venues because they've usually already had their venue or they better have their venue before they hire me because otherwise they don't have a date for sure. <laughs> they say, well, we want this date. And I'm like, well, do you have a venue? No, well, you need to get a venue first. Yeah, that's the first thing to do. First things first, people. Um, I won't put anybody in there if they don't have a web page. Mm-hmm. If yeah. they only have a Facebook, no. Sorry. Sorry. Because, you know, and I know that it can be challenging, if nothing else, emotionally challenging to want to like go legit or, you know, it's like a side hustle or whatever. And that's fine. Websites are not expensive. They don't have to be expensive. How about that? Yeah. They don't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Finished is better than perfect. Yep. It can be in progress. Mine was in progress for like three years. Mine's still always in progress. I mean, actively I mean, in progress. Like yeah. I, would, I would tell people, don't judge me by my website because it's in progress. Yeah. Um, but you need to have somewhere for people to go that isn't social media or even Yelp because those things aren't going to be, Facebook's not going to be around forever. It's had a really long run. Totally. Not everybody's on Facebook. Some people hate Facebook. Yeah. Some people won't go to Facebook and I think you're missing out on, you're missing out on a demographic. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. And true. Some people may not even go online. Yeah. You know, but I think the majority of people now yeah they will i mean you know but if they like type in your restaurant name or what maybe it's like i think this is the name Mm -hmm. maybe they'll get something else on the facebook yeah and if you don't have a strong online presence if you don't have a web page for them to go to they may not be able to find you and then that means they can't come in and eat your food or if it's if it's too hard you know or it's too hard forget it or if you aren't into doing socials so you haven't right. posted for six months? Yeah. They might be like, I'm not even sure if they're open. Yeah. If they still exist. Mm-hmm. So just having that web page, that landing page where people can go so that you look like you are present it and really, you care. Yeah. That's really important for any business, but especially a business that depends on repeat visits. I mean, you are, you you want new customers, of course, but... I've heard so many times from, you know, the various restaurants that I've worked in and people that I work for as a photographer that our bread and butter is our repeat people that come in every week or twice a week. Mm-hmm. They hear every happy hour or, you know, or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. They can count on those people and they know they'll have a base amount of revenue because of their regulars. Yeah. And then they, they tell two friends and then they tell two friends and then they tell two friends. There are businesses where I would take clients there regularly to mm-hmm. be like, oh, we're going to meet. Oh, let's let's get lunch. Let's go to this place. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I never knew this place existed. Yep. And it's like, ooh, burn. Yeah. Like, 
people should know that's, you exist. That's not cool. You've been open for two years. <laughs> they should know you exist. Yeah. And having a webpage does so much to build your <clears throat> your credibility. Yeah, your your legitimacy for sure. Yeah. Yeah, agree. Okay, well, I'm glad that we agree on that. Yeah. We can keep being friends then. <laughs> so, it's pretty um, low bar, Darlene. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I'm new to the area. I don't have a lot of friends here. <laughs> Whatever. Um, okay, cool. Well, I want to I go in a little bit different direction and talk more about you as the entrepreneur. Oh, my. And um, I just want to find out, you know, I know that you are new to the area and yeah. stuff, So, but you've been doing photography for so long. Yeah. What are some things that you feel like you've struggled with at this point in your business? Besides numbers? Besides numbers. I guess we, we spoke about coming to a new area, but yeah. is there anything else? Um, I mean, early on, the transition from film to digital was a struggle for me. Yeah. Because um, all of my education and experience was in film and particularly black and white film. Yeah. So a lot of people, like a lot of younger photographers or newer photographers, um, you know, they'll like be like, I'm self-taught. And I'm like, well, I have a degree in photography. Not to say that, that like I'm better than you because I still had to self-teach myself software. Yeah. I had to learn all about color. Right. I had one color class. One. And it was on slide film. Oh, wow. <laughs> because there's no other way to project digital or analog. So my editing, oh, God, it was horrible. There are a few people that you could ask about, like, how terrible was Amanda's editing? How yellow was it? Um, so that no was... No one's going to ask that. Don't worry. They might. It was bad. It was really bad. But just learning about those limitations that my equipment had as digital equipment mm -hmm. versus analog equipment mm -hmm. and the software and learning about subtle differences or progressive differences in color tones. Yeah. Um, I just make changes down, down the line. Mm -hmm. And then before I know it, you know, my eyes getting more and more used to the, the yellowness, which to me is looking rich and colorful, but that's not that color in real life. Mm, yeah. But it was so subtle and progressive that I wouldn't notice mm -hmm. how much I had changed it. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was a big struggle. And also, you know, and I think this is a big struggle for a lot of entrepreneurs is going legit. And I, that'll be my, my number one thing is go legit as fast as possible, you know, and whether you're just like, Oh, but I don't know if this is going to like pan out do it like it's seriously not that much money it's not that much of an investment to be at least legit as far as in like a legal sense yeah true go legit as fast as possible yeah. because like file with the state get <clears throat> a tax id number yep get um, your business license from your city or county whatever you need yeah just don't give anybody a reason to question your legitimacy mm-hmm even yourself. Even yourself. <laughs> and that's probably the yeah. biggest barrier. Yeah. You know, if you need some, you know, photographers, there's not like a certification to practice photography. No, yeah, not with graphic design either. Anybody yeah. could call themselves anybody a graphic can do it. designer. Yeah. So then if anybody can do it. And if anybody can be a photographer. Then anybody will try. <laughs> then anybody will try and you need to find a way to separate yourself. Be like, I am registered with the state. I have a business license. I have a tax ID. I pay taxes on this income. I pay for my domain name. It's not, you know, my name dot WordPress. 
Yes. I have a, yes. a, I have an email account with uh, at amandaphotographic.com, yes. which took me forever. Um, you know, and a lot of these are really small things, mm-hmm. but when you put them all together, they really add a lot of trust and credibility to your client. Mm-hmm. If it's, well, can where, where can I see some of your work? You can go to my personal Facebook and dig through all my crap to find and a see picture. photos of my dog and of what I had to eat last week. Oh, and here's a photo and my professional work of my work, my quote unquote professional work. It's like, yeah, you know, and I'm not saying you need a Facebook page, but you need a place where people can yeah, get a web page. You need a place yeah. where people can go and see you as a professional, as yes. an entrepreneur, even if you are starting out, like there's nothing more detrimental to your business morale than being like, well, Really, I work at this pizza place. I work at this pizza place, but I'd like to be a photographer. Like, uh, I had to go through customs when I was going into Canada. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, they ask you a whole bunch of questions. Uh-huh. And I was like, so what do you, what do, you do for work? It's like, oh, I'm a wedding photographer. Proudly say it. And then bad cop. You know, they're doing like good cop, bad cop. She's like, yeah, but like, what's your real job? <gasps> Ooh. And I was like, I am a photographer. But what do you do during the week? Well, I answer emails. I have meetings. I edit <laughs> photos. Sometimes I'll take photos if I have a, a weekday job. Uh, all kinds of things related to my photography business. And by the way, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I get that she's trying to dig out of me what is my yeah. nine to five. No, I know. She's doing her job. Because she's a customs agent, she's doing her job. Yeah. And the other guy is obviously playing very nice, good cop. Right. And... But but true. Like, but you need to be able yeah. if if you are an entrepreneur and you want to claim this, and you and you know it needs to be. And that's kind of an extreme example. I'm not saying you should lie to customs agents. Please don't ever. <laughs> do not say I told you to do that. Um, you have to start saying what you are, and the best easiest way to do that, even if you have a nine to five or a or a part time gig, and this is like a side thing or you know you're building it. The best way to be able to start saying, I am a photographer, and on the side I walk dogs, is to be legally legit. That's what you are now. And have a website that shows have a website. what you are trying to <laughs> yeah. do, you know, what you want, and what you want to portray. Yeah, and show what you want to do on that website. Don't just be like, oh, I'll just show whatever. Or if, everything. Or everything. I... Do not have baby magic. <laughs> Some photographers have baby magic and they take amazing photos of newborns and small children and families. I don't have baby magic. I thought I had baby magic, but it just turns out my niece was super cooperative mm-hmm. for her newborn portraits. You got lucky. I got super lucky on my first on my first one where I was like really trying to do some newborn portraits. Like, you know the ones like where they're like they're looking all sleepy and adorable. And she just crashed out for like three hours. And they're probably placed in some sort of giant vegetable. Yeah. With a mermaid tail. (laughs) Or something. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She crashed out for three hours. And I was like, I have the best baby magic ever. No, I was wrong. And it turns out I only like photographing babies when they do crash out for three hours without any effort on my part. Mm -hmm. So that is not likely the case. So now I don't show newborn portraits on my webpage. Because I only really want to do it if it's going to be perfect. Mm-hmm. And it probably won't be perfect. So 
You've discovered that's not your niche. That is not, not my niche. Thing. No. So you don't put that on your website. I will let people who do that better than me do that. And they should let me do what I do better mm-hmm. than them. And we can refer work back and forth. That's the other thing. You know, trying to get into any creative entrepreneurial business, start a business, you cannot be afraid of your competition and you cannot judge yourself against your competition. Mm-hmm. Because there's, there will always be somebody who can do what you're doing better or seemingly better. Yeah. Always. And having a good community and having good relationships with people who are in your same field, even if they are your direct competition, there's enough negativity in the world and in any industry and enough bad feelings going on just because you're technically competitors. You don't need to feed into that. And the photography world has changed a lot since I've been in it. And when I first got started, nobody would talk to me. Mm -hmm. Like other photographers? No photographer would talk to me. And all I wanted was to know what print lab should I go to? Mm -hmm. Because I was so poor, (laughs) fresh out of school, and I couldn't afford to test print labs. Yeah. So, and people treat them like they're trade secrets. It's like they're not trade secrets. I just, it's not gonna hurt you. And honestly, your business. sorry, but if you're a photographer that relies on the fact that you know which print lab to go to, then that's, and that's what you think is making or breaking your business. Sorry, but that's, you need a better business. Yeah. You need to be a better photographer. You know, and, and now, you know, there's all kinds of communities online and there's groups and people are much more willing, sharing. Yeah. much more willing to talk and share. And I'm not saying that like, I will give away all my all my little tricks and tips and secrets and things to anybody who would quote, love to pick my brain and take you out for coffee. <laughs> I, but I will totally meet you for coffee. Yeah. And yes, you can buy me coffee. And, and I will tell you to go legit as soon as possible. Don't be afraid of your competition, i.e. me, which by the way, I'm not your competitor. <laughs> so much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not. I mean, especially not if they're just starting out. And if, right. and or if even you're... if like, they're new to town. Yeah. Like, no, they are not new. They're not really your direct. But they're new to town. Right. So, you know, whatever. But that's no reason. That's, that's no reason to be rude or dismissive or yeah. unhelpful. And Because there's... totally, that's some bad photo karma. Yeah, oh yeah, and for sure. And there is nothing... You do not want bad photo karma. No. As and bad, I, does bad juju. <laughs> I think that there's there's not really any way to have a direct competitor. I mean, people pick photographers, too, also based on personality, based yeah. on style. I yeah. mean, the similar with designers and other creative entrepreneurs. Yeah. It's, it's you have to a like lot that person. Of, who you, of who that person is. Yeah. So, and then... In addition to that, there's that other layer of what that person spe- specializes in. So, yeah. be it food, be it babies, be it whatever. And so, like, there's so many layers of yeah. of specialization yeah. that go into it. Like, really just being supportive of each other yeah. is going to get you so much farther. I send people business all the time. Even, like, longtime clients. Mm-hmm. People I've worked with for years. And I have to let them go because I'm not there anymore. And they need something... Like tomorrow. Like tomorrow. And yeah. I'm like, I can't come tomorrow. Yeah. So I would be happy to send you to 
other photographer person, she will do such a good job for you. And in that case, you really want to know a good photographer. I mean, you don't want to send a really long valued client to somebody just out of school. You really, who's going to treat them badly. I'm sorry, but you, yeah, that's like too much to trust. It's a lot. That's a lot of trust, you know, or even like I get inquiries for other jobs from like, you know, it's, I've never worked with them. I don't know them. Mm -hmm. And maybe I'm booked for their date for their wedding date or I don't do that thing. Right. Or, or whatever, whatever reason, or it's just not a good fit for me. I don't want to do that job. Mm -hmm. I would much prefer to give them three to five names of other people who might be better equipped, might not be booked, whatever the case, Mm -hmm. because that's still me taking care of that potential hypothetical client. Right. And then they'll say, next time they need a photographer for something else or you know a friend or family or co-worker or whatever needs a photographer they're like oh I really wanted to use Amanda she was already booked but maybe she'd be available for you mm-hmm. yeah. and I've left a good impression right I'm just like not available good luck yeah it's like well that's not even really helpful <laughs> so yeah. to me it's all about being helpful I know I kind of strayed from like the what are your struggles and just gone straight into like what are your amazing features um, <laughs> but really that's just you know, but take it does take a long time to learn these lessons sometimes yeah because you can't be so helpful or so nice that it becomes a detriment to your business mm-hmm. because you're spending all your time doing work for free or right helping people who aren't paying you mm-hmm. you know there has to be that line and you know, or like people who haven't signed contracts yet, mm-hmm. but they're acting like they have. And it's just like, I would love to have this conversation with you as soon as you sign the contract and give me a deposit. Yeah. Yep. Because that's your time. And as photographers, our value and really our last line of like leverage defense is our time. Mm-hmm. It's showing up for the job, delivering the product and our time. That's, that's, all, that's all we have. Mm-hmm. And I found too, um, being nice turn, definitely turns into ending up doing work for free or doing it more work it can. than I really wanted to for free, right? So yeah. like, I get a lot of inquiries from from friends or like people I know from other people mm-hmm. or whatever, um, or sort of like business acquaintances, sure. I guess you could say. Sure. And the biggest, like, the struggle for me comes in, in making sure that they understand that I'm not doing this work for free. Right. Like, I never, when they first ask me, you know, friendly I need assertive. Something, like, I need a logo or I need a brochure, whatever. And, and this is what cool. I'm thinking. Here are my rates. Yeah. And so I just, I just start off the, the conversation with, great, what were you thinking for your budget? Yep. So that they know that I'm coming at this from, you need to pay me for this work. Business. So even though we're friends, yeah. Like, I'm not doing this work for free. <laughs> no. And I have totally, I've totally worked for free. Or yeah. gifted work, and I've totally given or people trade. trades, discounts. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's either convenient for me, they're they are offering something for me. Like I've never worked there before. I would love to shoot at that venue, or they have some cool thing happening. Or so there's there's added value. Yeah, it's not always about money. Sometimes there is right. just other val- other ways to be valuable to each other. You know, or is that. It's a Sunday wedding. I don't have a wedding on Sunday, but that's not going to stop me from booking a wedding on Saturday. 
Right. Yeah. Which is the more likely day or like a Friday wedding. So I can still book it a wedding on my like primary wedding day, which is Saturday. So then I can offer them a discount to be competitive with the budget that they have. And then they're still going to get like a really serious bang for their buck. And I will deliver at like full, full value, full rate, Mm -hmm. of course. But that has to be on my terms. Yeah. Yeah, you're not going to take crappier photos because it's on a Sunday. No. That's just like bad for you. (laughs) Or just like, or work less. Right. Or try less. Yeah. You know, but it has to be on my terms and it still has to benefit me. Right. In some way. Mm -hmm. Because that's just, you know, it might sound cool, but that's bad business. You know, I know some photographers where they, they have like a, a season where this is my friends and family season. If you want free or discounted photos, you can book me in this window mm-hmm. or like on Wednesdays mm-hmm. or something like that where they're like, but if you want to book me on a Saturday in the summer, sorry, you will pay full ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you're losing money on work you could have had otherwise. Mm-hmm. So... That's really interesting. I like that. Yeah. I like that tip. Yeah. It's, yeah. you know, and it works sometimes. Some, and you just have to find what works best for you. And I think that as a, in any kind of creative field, the way that you're going to find what works for you easier, better, faster is by having a good community with other creative entrepreneurs. You know, not necessarily in your exact field, but just in a creative entrepreneurial small business, maybe even from your area. That's always nice. It was really frustrating to hear like talks and lectures and webinars from photographers being like, I can, you know, pull in this much money. I'm like, you know, doing senior portraits. And I'm just like, great, you live in Chicago. Yeah. There's not the market for that here. But there's not the market <laughs> that, for that here or, you know, or even like whatever. Yeah. And so it was always super nice to very occasionally see somebody who is from even just our area and by our area I mean Oregon (laughs) not Seattle not Orange County it's like no those are worlds different than Bend Oregon right not so there's not money here there is but the the demographics and the needs and wants and methods are not going to be the same but mostly I have found being a friendly friendly assertive has been that's another tip. Be friendly, assertive. You can be assertive without being a bitch. <laughs> um, okay, so we've kind of bounced around a little bit, but I feel like it's all really good stuff. I think I did want to ask you, are there any misconceptions that people might have about working with photographers or even just as an entrepreneur that you want to set straight? This is your chance. <laughs> all the things. So misconceptions about working with photographers or about photography, especially digital photography, one, Photoshop is not magic. Okay, if, if you want someone to photo, Photoshop something out, there needs to be information to replace that. It's not like the camera knows that there's background sky behind that thing. It doesn't. So you're just editing out ahead with no sky. So you have to put sky back or whatever the thing is, whatever background there is. So. And that takes time and that takes skills. So yeah, it's not magical. Yes, it can do a lot, so much, but then you will have to be paying for that. And Mm -hmm. mostly, yeah, it's time and skills. Yeah. And some of those skills, like I've deliberately refused to develop because I don't want to do those things. Like I don't want 
I will not edit you to make you look skinnier. <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you get that request? All the time. Oh. All the time. It's kind of sad. So uh, instead, when people say that, they'll say it like right away. Brides, moms, mother yeah. of the bride. Yeah. Don't make my arms look fat. And I was like, well, you can help yourself with that with by not pressing your arms against your body. Mm-hmm. Because that flattens out your arms, makes them look bigger. But I was like, well, fortunately, I'm a professional, so I'm going to pose you and light you using like natural light or artificial light in a way to be most flattering if that's your main concern. Mm-hmm. Make me look young. It's like, don't worry about it, please. Love your body. How Love about? who you, like, first of all, your kids, your future spouse, whoever, whoever these are with and or for, they love you as you are and would rather have you in a picture as you are than not. So. And guess what? You don't walk around looking photoshopped. You sure don't. You walk around with all the wrinkles and all the flab and all the things the that roles. you think you have. Or Everybody has roles. May or may not have, whatever. Everybody has roles. Even super yeah. fit people have roles. Yeah. So just embrace it. Embrace I know it. That's easier said than done. But. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Preach. Preach. Yeah. Um. Photographers, apparently, I've, I've heard this a few times, have a reputation for being really flaky. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Because I am like, I will show up like, I could be like on my deathbed and I will show up hmm. to a job. You know, especially if it's like not reschedulable or if it's like a last minute thing where like I wake up sick. Like I, I need to be violently ill or yeah. severely injured to not show up. Two or three years ago, I broke my ankle like two days before a wedding. And I had to call in and be like, I, I'm sorry, I broke my ankle, I can't stand up. So yeah. I found them a replacement. You know, I, I worked all my contacts and found them a replacement. Worked that community. Yeah, worked that community. Yeah, if you're a bitch to your community, no one's gonna wanna help you out when you break your ankle two days before a wedding. Yeah, so don't and that's do that. only bad on you. And that's only bad <laughs> like, on you. in multiple ways. Yes, so bad. Um, and that, but that was really hard, like, to, to do that. But I, I literally had no choice, I couldn't stand up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a couple months later, I was still in a walking boot and I was photographing weddings in a walking boot. Wow. Because I could stand up and I looked funny and I was all like cockeyed. Like my cause walking boot makes the one leg longer, but. Yeah. Um, so if you wonder if a photographer is flaky, you know, just just make sure, I guess more making sure that like expectations are very clear on both, on everybody's end. Like, what do you need from me? What do I need from you? Like, cause I feel like a lot of times when there's, when there is flakiness, unless that person just genuinely is a total flake, it's because there was some kind of miscommunication in expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and that should be true f- no matter what, because that's how you're gonna get the best result. Working with food, I mean, I guess it's similar. It's just like, no, I can't make that look like something it's not. Or Yeah. Not that I can't. I won't. I'm not going to make it look like something it's not. So give me your best presentation. And really, that, that kind of goes for everything. Anything that I photograph. Just give me your very best. And I will do my very best. And together, we, can make, we, we can make magic. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'll use my, my know-how, and you can use your know-how, and we can collaborate if that's needed. Like sometimes chefs will come out like a, some kind of cream, some like cream drizzle or like some kind of fluffy like meringue or something like that. And they want it to look perfect. 
mm-hmm. but it will only look perfect for like five seconds. And that's how they're going to present it at the table. They're going to come out, they're going to put the thing on, and then take it immediately to the table. It's not going to wait in the window. Right. And so, you know, but that's an air-conditioned restaurant, and it's like a hot summer day, so they're going to come out with like their, their like homemade ice cream, and they're going to be like, okay, ready? And they're going to scoop it, they're going to put it on, they're going to zhuzh it up, I'm going to take the photos before it melts. Right. You yeah. know, so whatever that takes, just give me your best presentation. And between best presentations and clear expectations, like I really feel like that will solve pretty much any misconception or pushback. Dissatisfaction. Dissatisfaction. Yeah. And then as far as like entrepreneurial, small business, self-employedness goes, it's like, uh, I was in this business group for several years and I said something about towards the end of my time there (laughs) I said something about just being exhausted I think it was like in the height of my wedding season you know in this meeting these this group met at seven in the effing morning every Thursday (laughs) Uh, every Thursday I'm not out of bed before at seven and you can only miss nine meetings per calendar year Oh my god! Or you get kicked out, <laughs> like or no, you had to pay a fee first, and then you would get kicked out if you missed another one. This is an intense. It was really networking group. High standards. <laughs> I mean, very good. It was a very good group. But uh, towards the end of my time there, one of these, one of the ladies, she did not have like the best, we'll say, like bedside manner. She was not. She she would make a lot of snarky comments to a lot of the women in the group, and she said something about how like how I just must have it so easy because I just take pictures all day. Oh. And I just wanted yeah. to be like. Well, you must have it so easy because you're effing retired. <laughs> Fuck you, lady. <laughs> like, I bust my ass, you know, 16-hour days plus at weddings, you know, humping with gear and going all over property. And I've been a makeshift florist, dress alterer. Makeup uh, artist. Makeup artist. Hairdresser. Hairdresser. Uh, I can pin a boutonniere like no one's business. I have fixed cakes. I have been a family crisis counselor. (laughs) (laughs) Add to that the stress of driving for maybe multiple hours to get to the venue or to get to the shoot. And it being over 100 degrees. Or snowing. Or snowing. And then also not having... Not eating lunch. Yeah, yeah. Not taking breaks. (laughs) I also don't really drink a lot of water at weddings because then I'd have to go to the bathroom. And of course, as soon as I'm in the bathroom and I miss something critical. Exactly. Um, I yeah. do work with a second shooter a lot. I feel like 99% of my weddings, mostly so that there is that availability and so that we get like the fullest coverage possible. But... Well, and then you have the stress of like not even having a reliable source of income really for the whole year. I mean, that's... It's not predictable, for predictable. sure. You'll yeah. get like, you'll definitely get like those like really nice times a year where the bank account's looking really, really solid, very positive, and then you, other times you're just like, can I afford a pencil? <laughs> I need a new pencil. Or like, I need to buy some bread yeah. for dinner. Yeah. Some yeah. more and beans and rice. It's like when the, when the bank account's looking really good, I always find myself going, I should start saving for retirement. <laughs> or like, And you're like, what's that? And then I'm like, how do I do that exactly? And then it's, yeah. it lasts you know, a little while. And then I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Um, 
but to say all that to say like it's not it's not all working in your pajamas right and setting your own schedule i mean you do get to set your own schedule but sometimes that's worse yep i have found that time management has been my one of my more immediate struggles like when i was first getting started um you know when i had a couple jobs and I only had four hours on any given day to do a full day's worth of work, maybe even less time. Super productive. Because mm-hmm. I only have two hours to do eight hours worth of work. So I'm going to make the most of those two hours. And now I have all day long. I can do whatever, whenever. But that also means that I'm the only one responsible. I don't have a boss. Right. Which also means I'm the only one responsible. Uh, so sometimes, you know, you have people complaining about like their boss. I was like, oh yeah, my boss is a bitch. Yeah. And they're like, should you be talking about your boss that way? And I'm like, I'm my boss. Yeah. And I'm a total hard ass. <laughs> and I'm a total bitch. Randy um, and I were talking about this on the last episode. It's, it's like, yeah, if I would never expect the level of work that comes out of oh, myself. No. <laughs> no. No. It's like I'm the worst boss ever. Some of my seconds probably don't think I'm a mean boss, but that's because they're over there. <laughs> <laughs> um, your second shooters. My second shooters. Yeah. Um, yeah. I expect a lot. I do. Mm-hmm. I am. And I expect way more from myself. If I expected of myself or if I expected of an employee, what I expected from myself, I'd probably get turned into like some kind of human rights I know. labor bureau because yeah, they so would just true. be like, she chained me to the desk. <laughs> she wouldn't let me leave for lunch. <laughs> she gave me bread and crackers or water and crackers for lunch and said I didn't do a good, good enough job to deserve protein. <laughs> Oh my god, that's um, so true though. Yeah, I yeah. am a mean I'm not a mean boss. I expect a lot though. Yeah. I have high standards. And it's but it's because high standards are expected of me. And that just trickle down. Just get, those high standards just get passed on to anybody that is not to try to scare people that might want to work for me, but we're not fucking around. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> yeah. Um one of my best friends, Stevie Shout out to Stevie. Uh, <laughs> she's also a wedding photographer, and we will take any opportunity really to work together. And we both know the standards that we have for ourselves and for each other. And when I work for her, I basically, my mentality is that this is my wedding. And I give it my full effort and attention like I would a wedding that I got booked for. Mm-hmm. And she does the same for me. Um, and I've had seconds who did not, you know, there's like, derp, 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 just. Oh, that's so you know, frustrating. Or help. Yeah. Help that doesn't show up, maybe. Mm-hmm. It's like, cool. Totally hired you for extraneous reasons, not because I needed you. Yeah. Um, I was working with an intern once that we had um, <coughs> in charge of holding the reflector. Oh, my God. It was pretty frustrating. It's like, it's just the reflector. And it's like, yeah, it's just light. It, it just, took me, like, all the restraint I had in the world not to, like, bitch her out because she was just, at one point, over there standing, like, literally. Moving the And I'm, like, I'm here, like, I'm focusing on them, and and there's, like, flashing going on because the other side of the reflector was, just like, like, gold, you I know? I will end you. Yeah, I just was, like, can you, like, pay attention here? Can you, like, get your shit together? I know. <laughs> and it's, like, whoa, Darlene's being a bitch. It's and I'm, like, like yeah, Darlene's under a lot of pressure. This matters. And she has a job to do, and they're paying her money. Right. And I'm, may or may not be paying you in money, food, or 
academic credits. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but uh, you want to know how to never get a job again yeah. with me? Pretty Do much. that. Do Pretty that much. more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, interns, take things seriously, please. Please. Second because shooters. we notice when you do coffee. that. Yeah. Show up with coffee and snacks. <laughs> yeah. It will not go unnoticed. It will not. No. I mean, a second shooter that either doesn't show up or does a exceptionally poor job <laughs> or, or goes, you know, or breaks contract, they will never get hired again. Mm-hmm. I do not give second chances. Mm-hmm. And I will also commend them. Yeah. I might even talk shit about them. I mean, that's a harsh <laughs> truth. It sounds like, so bad. I sound like such an asshole. <laughs> but there's so many people, I think, this available. Like, you should not have to deal with that, and they should not be on, rewarded. The entrepreneurial, small business, freelance world is 90% based on your reputation. Oh yeah. And so if it's I everything. refer somebody that does a crappy job for somebody else, that not only makes that person that did the crappy job look bad, that makes me look bad. So then if I see that somebody might hire somebody that I know does a bad job, I feel like it is my obligation to say like, hey, be mindful of these things. I had this experience. And not to say that people shouldn't get second chances or shouldn't be allowed to redeem themselves. But at the same time, when you're in a self-employed, entrepreneurial, freelance, there's very tight expectations and tight margins and tight tolerances for your client doesn't care what kind of BS the person that you hired to help you pulled. All they know is they got a crappy product. My reputation cannot afford blemishes. Yeah. (laughs) And that's and it does sound cold and it does sound harsh that I'm just like, I have no tolerance and no second chances. And if you're making money for yourself, you quickly learn the value of word of mouth, of reputation, of referrals. Repeat customers. Repeat customers, developing that really strong rapport. Yeah. And you well, are it, not going to let somebody else ruin that. No. And it goes back hell to... No. Yeah. <laughs> hell no. <laughs> Absolutely. It goes back to being consistent and having that trust Mm -hmm. all of that stuff that we were saying before this is also part of that this is your consistency this is your legitimacy your baby you cannot afford to have like one bad referral or one bad second shooter experience review ruin that i mean that's just this is your business baby yeah just like you wouldn't give a crappy babysitter a second chance with your human children exactly right i'm not going to give a second shooter who did a crappy job for me a second chance with my business baby yeah it can't it's worth too much it's worth way it's worth (laughs) um my livelihood yeah it's worth how i feed that human baby (laughs) (laughs) or or fur baby in my case or fur baby yes also important to feed the also important to feed the fur babies because they might turn around and eat you they might crap in your shoes (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my goodness no i feel like sometimes when you know it's really People who have been in any business long enough to have gotten burned a few times. It's easy for us, I think, to get you know, a little jaded and to sound very hard and very authoritarian when it comes to hiring out. But like we were just saying, like it's worth it's worth too much, like not just monetarily, but it's basically what we have spent the the I mean, the better part of my adult life building. Yeah. And 
and yeah, you, you care for it and you nurture it like you do anything else that you're responsible for. Mm-hmm. And yeah. only, and as a business person, you know, you don't have that boss or manager that is the one who's really responsible. You're the only one responsible for your own business. Mm-hmm. So it's, if it sounds it harsh, on you. If, it's, if it sounds harsh, it's only because it's that real. Yeah. So yeah. true. So is there any other misconceptions or maybe just some crazy client questions or requests oh. you've gotten that you want to just be like, don't ever ask this again. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, just with food photography specifically. Yeah. Um, just on the, on the client and photographer end, like you should be interviewing each other. Like before you get started on work, like it needs to be a good match for both of you. You know, so it's like if, if the client has crazy expectations of the photographer or if the photographer has crazy, unrealistic, unreasonable expectations of the kitchen, you know, you're not a good match. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like not just for setting expectations, but also for deciding who to work with and how to work with them has been why I've had such great clients mm-hmm. for food photography. How would you interview them? If you like, is it a situation of, you know, how you envision it going down and you want to make sure that that's like a possibility or at least you can yeah. come somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Or... You just, you know, you just kind of try to at least get like a rough draft of the process going. Okay. Um, and then if that process is either way too convoluted or you're just, or it's really vague. Mm, yeah. And you're just like, you start getting little flags coming up about this might not work. And sometimes it's because They've never done it before, so they have no idea what this process should look like. And either you guys can learn it together if you're new, or as the photographer, you need to guide them through possible scenarios of how this process could work. Yeah. And give them options, and then adjust accordingly Mm -hmm. once you guys do start working. Point of advice to the client, if you want something to be different, you need to say so. Like, your photographer's not a mind reader, and if there's a if you or your staff are having an issue with something, anything, say something because it doesn't, they're going to keep doing whatever it is yeah. until you tell them not to. Right. Because it's working for them. And don't worry about hurting their feelings. No. I mean, don't say it like in a don't rude be a bitch, way, but, but <laughs> you know, yeah, but like, I'm always open as a photographer. I'm always open to client feedback. You're collaborating. You're working together to make this thing professional, professional to professional. There should be a level there where you can give feedback and constructive criticism without taking that personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And we want to deliver something that you like and that you will use. If you're I just mean, fuming inside. Yeah, we don't like that. And you're not <laughs> telling us. Yeah. And we find out months later because we got fired. And had no doing, idea yeah, why. Why? <laughs> or if you would have told me to stop, I would have stopped that six months ago. Right. There should always, that, and that should be a red flag. If there's not open communication, mm-hmm. and that's on the photographer as well as the client to check in periodically, like, hey, is this working? Is there anything you need to do differently? Something I could improve on? Staff comments? Do they hate me? You know, keeping that line open is mm-hmm. super important, especially if it is kind of like a high frequency. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to be in each other's in each other's grill a lot and if it's not going well it's just gonna keep getting worse right yeah yeah well i feel like we've covered a lot of ground so much ground (laughs) all the ground and you've given us some really good tips and a lot of experience and wisdom so (laughs) 
Thank you so much for being on the Tough Cookie Podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. And I wanted to um, give you a chance to tell people where to find you and oh, yeah. like your Instagram or whatever social channels you want to mention. Yeah. So go for it. Uh, I am online at amandaphotographic.com. Uh, Amanda Photographic is all my handles on Facebook and Instagram. Um, on Instagram quite a bit. Love Instagram. Uh, those are mostly my only channels, though. I don't okay. do... And if people want to hire you, they can go through your website? Yep. I have a contact form on my website. I have a wedding site and a commercial site. So you would get the information and experience that is specific to your need. And I have a contact form there. Otherwise, it's hello at amandaphotographic.com for my email. Email is definitely the best way to get a hold of me. And I try to be prompt. Um, but yeah, I'm really easy to find online. It's not hard. I'm all over the <laughs> she place. She hangs out. I online. hang out. Like just waiting for your email. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, I just wanted to remind our listeners that you can find show notes for this episode at picklejarstudios.com slash tough cookie podcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at tough cookie podcast. And please leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars. Because that helps me out a lot. So um, thank you so much for listening. And thanks for being on the show, Amanda. Thanks. Blah, 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 blah. You're going to meet the real Amanda now. <laughs> <laughs> the filter is gone. Yeah. And by the, the end. Nice Amanda, or not the nice Amanda, but just like the appropriate super Amanda professional has left the building. <laughs> workplace appropriate Amanda. She left. I've. <laughs> that was my foot. I did not fart. She totally had a pregnant fart. <laughs> oh, it's not beyond me. <laughs> it's um, been real. Yeah, we're keeping it real here. And I moved my desk so that instead of facing the wall, I swung it out. So now I face the door and oh, yeah. I face Joel basically, yeah. and he's still like facing the wall. So we're perpendicular. <laughs> right. Right. Um. And so now he can't see my computer, which before I would totally get busted because he'd walk in and be like, you're just sitting there Facebooking? And I'm like, no, no, I wasn't. Shut up. You, I just, I just opened it. Yeah. You didn't see all the work I just did. I know. I will have an opinion. <laughs> I will always have an opinion. So the answer is just yes. Yes, I have an opinion.